Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. I'm Johnny, founder of TheVentureOut.com. And I'm Bo. I'm just, uh, you know, hanging out. Yeah, I'm Bo. And that's it. <laughs> hey, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're super happy to have you. Johnny? We would like to introduce you to something called Patreon.com slash Junto Show, where you can uh, donate a few bucks to help us do what we'd love to do, which is publish and produce podcasts like this. Your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, today is Friday, April 5th, 2019. And the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to, debate, was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show is not quite that stuffy, but here and there, we stumble upon something profound profound between the geeky jokes. And it's been a little while since we uh, casted over here, guys. I missed you. How you, how, how my buddies doing? Yeah. Oh, I am um, happy to report I survived a little hiking trip and a little snowboarding trip. I'm looking at you, Johnny. Ten, t- ten fingers, ten toes. That's what I keep telling people. <laughs> ten fingers, ten toes, one bruised ego. <laughs> yeah. well, so what, what bruised your ego? I attempted to uh, hike another 14K uh, mountain up in uh, Denver, and I did not succeed once again. It's a 14 so. So for, for those of us that don't hike mountains, 14K, is that like a, is that a baby mountain? Is that a, a teenager a mountain? It's a decent, decent size. It's okay. 14,000. I mean, it just depends on what you start off at, too. So I start off at 6,900 feet. Okay, so, so 8,000 feet. That's, that's a hike. That's yeah. a hike. Yeah. Okay, so Bo says that's a hike, and he's a tall guy, so I'll take yeah. his uh, view of height things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so everything went good. The, the short little story I'll tell, though. I, I have to look this up. Maybe, Bo, you know this, but okay. why is it at a higher altitude? I have a higher urge to pee more often. Oh, uh, oh man. I wouldn't really know except for so maybe like, your your body is pers- tries to perspire more. And so, I mean, you know, you, your innards are, I, I don't know. Actually. So. So Are you drinking more because you have to drink to keep your to, to keep body moisturized. That actually probably makes more sense. <laughs> so you probably just have more fluid in your yeah. body. So what happened one night was, so I have a pee bottle that I learned to carry with me in the tent because yeah. it's cold outside. You're camping in the snow. You store it right, right next to your apple juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> and your Gatorade. Lemon <laughs> lime. So, so it's like in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, I got to go pee. Well, I don't have to go outside because I have my pee bottle. So get up out of the sleeping bag, which is already cold. And then, you know, you pee in the bottle. I was like, all right, worked worked good. So close up the cap, get to go, put that inside, go back to bed. A couple hours later, I was like, dang it, I got to pee again. Well, the pee bottle is full now, so now I really have to go outside. So that's a pain. So you got to go button, you know, put your shoes and all your clothes on and so forth. And are, are there rules against peeing in, the, in nature? I assume. No, no, you can. You just got to make sure it's away from your campsite. Okay. Why is that? Yeah. Attracts bears? Well, it's disgusting. <laughs> 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 you can just pee on your tent. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. That, well. It does remind me of a funny story about Johnny, and he didn't pee far enough. <laughs> yeah, it's true. One time yeah. he did not. He did not pee far enough from his tent, and his tent was downhill from where he went to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and I saw the pee getting awfully close to the tent. I was like, "Ooh, oh. <laughs> okay." So yeah, P- point noted. So always pee pee down mountain. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, anyways, I went outside, peed. Um, came back in a tent, and, and I also emptied out my pee bottle too while I was doing okay, it. Man. Right, and two bears, one, yeah. one stone. Yeah, <laughs> then, two bears. And then a couple hours later, I had to pee again. Okay. So luckily, the pee bottle was empty, so I peed in it, and it was like a full liter too. And I, so I peed like three liters that night. Man, look at Johnny over here bragging about the old uh, bladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all in all, you think it was a good trip? 
Yeah, great trip. Uh, two, three days hiking and then uh, three, four days in a very uh, posh uh, cabin with a ski in, ski out for the snowboarding. Fantastic. Ah, fancy, fancy. Can't beat it. All right. So uh, in Lance news, I uh, went to the doctor recently mm. and uh, I'm more or less healthy. Uh, very healthy for a black man. Uh, fairly healthy for a regular man. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and the doctor told me I needed to lose weight. And I was like, all right. So she, guess how much? So like, I, But I, I keep finding it. <laughs> I don't think I'm a big guy. Like I, you know, I'm bigger than I used to be, but I'm still I'm pretty fit in my mind, right? So, guess how much weight the doctor told me I need, I need to lose to like be healthy? Thirty. Johnny says thirty pounds. Um, this is like a setup, by the way. Okay, this is setup. <laughs> no, um, not, not really. It's I'm like, going to say you you probably need to be around one seventy five. So I'm going to say fifty. Yeah, she told me I need to lose sixty pounds. Sixty. She t- and I was like, I look at myself, right? And are you considered? I'm. I think I might officially be obese. Like me. And also Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mind you, <laughs> both both obese. <laughs> I mean, you do have you do have you're more of a muscular person, so I would I, say that you could probably bump that up. Like I was flexing while they were doing the the blood pressure thing, and she just didn't take it into account. Yeah, the needle just pops out. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so that's happened to me a couple of days ago, and I've just been telling people like, man, can you believe the doctor told me I need to lose sixty pounds? And people were like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part that really pisses me off because yep. I'm over here like this is ridiculous, and people are like, it's. Not ridiculous. <laughs> yep. So well, that's a. I think the dangerous part is we probably all have mental images of ourselves. Right. Yeah. You know, like me, I always think of myself as skinny. I always think of myself as a scrawny kid. Where I, no matter how much I work out, I'm always gonna think of myself like ah, so skinny. You know. Yeah. It, but it, I think we have the mental image of ourselves where if we, if I did become fat one day, I'm not sure if it would totally register on me or not. Yeah, I mean it happens slow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the last time I was visiting my family, they kept they were like making subtle comments about how I'm getting older, <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, I mean that's that's life." So yeah. there's that. But uh, I'm shooting for in my mind's eye, thirty pounds lighter is where I get to be, uh, right. you know, ripped. So. Well, I'm uh, my expertise is in setting goals. Obviously, girls dump me because I set too many goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, so you need some a, a buddy. Keep you accountable for things. You offered me ice cream two seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's before you told me the story. Okay, so Bo, you got anything you want to bring up? No, my uh, my life has been about the same. Yeah, and for a guy in your position, that's exactly what you want. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, you you want the spikes up or down? No, no, no trips. No, you just want to coast into your grave, man. (laughs) That's That's, that's the only thing there's to do in life, man. I am on cruise control. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I'm looking at that coffin. Is that? It's it's coming. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of wood. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so That's we're going to said. <laughs> we're going to get things started with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Okay, so have you guys seen that uh, New York City? They've got a huge congestion problem in Manhattan. Huge, huge. So the solution that they've come up with to try to get some of these cars cars off the road is to implement a congestion uh, fee. A congestion fee for. I ev- thought they already had that though. Nah, I think it's new. They're talking about it being a new thing. I know they have one in London. But. Yeah, there's a few other cities. I think Singapore. Is that a city or a country? Um, <laughs> the big city in Singapore. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jakarta, right? No, that's definitely that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's no. like India. Uh, <laughs> they have have that. So I think it's. I think they said it was going to be like twenty five dollars, or maybe is it ten dollars or twenty five dollars? Like I think a trip, or maybe a day, mm-hmm. to drive south of 60th street they're saying so like i was on a map and i was like why to be black people area but no it's like where wall street and the twin towers used to be and it's the very fancy it's where everybody wants to go yeah in like the super affluent area of new york so 
And I was like, man, why would it just be? A, so they're saying they're going to take that money and put it back into public transportation. So I was like, okay, so it's kind of like taxing the rich to pay for public services for everybody else. And I was like, oh, that's my general philosophy. Well, it's probably not the rich people you're taxing. I mean, it's not like rich people right, uh, drive like their the, own cars. It's probably tourists and, and people doing business down there. Mm-hmm. So well, that's I probably mean, who you really Tourists probably all in Ubers. Yeah, that are you know they're probably or they're coming in for the day. You know, it's not oh, just it's not just tourists from like Omaha. You know, it's people from New Jersey probably coming in. You know, no, screw those guys. So, <laughs> so but, but but what's the difference between this and just regular tolls? Like we go through tolls, and tolls are always put on the places where they're trying to make some uh, to recoup some revenue. Well, one tolls suck, and then two, I think it's. Well, I don't think I mean tolls. I would say they don't suck, but uh, uh, they, yeah, I think, I think they, they think they serve a purpose. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right, it's it's, a, it's immediate tax. <laughs> it's an immediate tax. It's well, no, I think I think, I think the different the difference is that tolls are typically as they're implemented in in Orlando, like you can take the regular road mm-hmm. or the toll road and go faster. Correct. In this part of New York, there's no option. It's like if you're going to be in this couple acre area, if you're you driving in this couple driving in this couple area acre area, you will have to pay the fee. Yeah. Well, let's look into the details of that to see if we're comparing apples to apples. But in general, the philosophy of toll. I think I'm on board with as as sucky as it is. Obviously, nobody wants to lose that money, but I like the fact that they are precisely targeting the people who use that road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that yep. is fair to me. Where like, okay, I will go slower and take the side roads, so I don't pay the tolls, which I can, or I want to get there faster. I take the toll road. So that's it's of. I don't think there's any side roads here. So worthwhile fee. I think I think the general principle is if you're okay with taxing the affluent to pay for public services, then you should be okay with this. So, so you are okay with this? Huh? Yeah, but I, don't yeah. Th- I, don't I wasn't at first until I. You know, then I realized that, and I was like, "Well, gotta be consistent." <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they're taxing the affluent, though. I mean, I looked at the area because, and it was well, it's people who are dealing in the affluent area. But yeah, you're you're right. It's probably a lot of like FedEx trucks and I don't know Uber drivers, yeah. Lyft drivers. I, I looked into that, and it, yeah. I think there probably is going to be an exception for Uber and Lyft drivers and regular taxi drivers. They yeah. were saying that it, it helps Uber drivers, but like screws taxi drivers in some weird yeah. way. So I, I think the. The money-making idea out of this whole thing is to bring back rickshaws. <laughs> or to get those, uh, those uh, electric scooters, like seeing uh, Wall Street guys in yeah. those electric scooters. You, you get like people who would be more fit, and you lose 60 pounds pretty quickly that way. Yeah, I do. I had a rickshaw driver one time, and that guy's ankles were like the size of the cantaloupes. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> All right, that's, that's not the main thing. Uh, so, so Brexit's <laughs> going on right now. I'm trying to imagine cantaloupe ankles. No. <laughs> I was just like... Just that, that one muscly part, like right under the your ankle, knee. Was just, it's not a muscle. It's not like you're like... He's he's not wearing like basketballs as feet instead of... Yeah, that's what it looked like. like it looked, he had like regular regular feet and then like his kneecap was regular. <laughs> right. But then like that little... that You know that muscle, muscle part that sticks out right under your knee? Oh, under the knee. Ah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> okay. Are you guys following the the Brexit discussions at all? Of course we are. All right, so I still want to bring up big trouble in Little China. <laughs> the guy that gets really angry and he turns, he blows up and he turns into spinach. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's oh, what yeah, I'm yeah. From Brexit? No, no, no. no, no. The rickshaw driver. Oh, <laughs> I, I just, like, I just like, want to get that image out there. <laughs> okay, big trouble in Little China. Big trouble in Little China. At the end, when the guy fans up so big, it just explodes at the end. He goes, <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're going to have to insert a, a YouTube link to that. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yep. I'll paste it in there. So uh, what do you guys think about the Brexit? Man, I just want them to get to the point where nothing ever passes and until they fall back on plan Z, which is, all right, all right, going back to the people, do you really want the Brexit? And then they can vote, no, we don't want the Brexit. That was a dumb idea to begin with. We were Ooh. duped into that. 
That's you pretty know? anti-democratic. What are you talking about? The people voted. They did vote. Let's bring it back to the vote. If they really wanted it, then yeah. they'll vote again for it. But I don't think the people but, really knew it. You're right, exactly. They were, I mean, they were really like, let's not be part of the European Union. And people's like, right. you know, I agree with that concept. Right. And then they're like, okay, this is what this means. They're like, wait, I didn't know that. I'd be curious I, to see how many people regret their vote. I think a lot. I yeah. My guess would be a lot because I think they were duped into a fancy marketing scheme of like, don't you want to take back control of your own country? And they're like, yeah, of course I do. And they voted Brexit. But in actuality, what it really really meant, you know, was is a lot more pain and, um, uh, you know, economic unease on, on, on so such an interwoven society that they probably didn't realize that. Nah, like, the think- concept was like, yeah, sure. Oh, that's what it means? No, man. I think what they thought it meant was fewer immigrants in the country, and that's still the goal. Oh, that that, that too, maybe. So, so they're, and that doesn't change, and they still want that. So I think that a lot of the people that voted for the Brexit are still cool with it. Yeah, but enough people would probably not, would change their mind. <laughs> okay, so gener- generally speaking. Like, I would say of the 100% of the people that mm-hmm. voted for it, 80% would probably vote the same. Yeah, maybe. If Okay, so if they took a second vote a week later... That's yeah. not good, right? Uh, what do you mean second vote? So, like a so, second Brexit vote? So yeah, so they vote Brexit, and then and and it's like uh, we're going to leave the the U wait the U it the what is EU. it the EU yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then the the, the power players are like ooh that's not a good vote like that's gonna screw stuff up let's revote if they did it like if they revoted immediately that would be bad right because it's just like no you people actually don't have a say right 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 but yeah. now that we waited a couple of years they've hammered out a. A settlement mm-hmm. to exit. Well, I don't think they have. They have it. Not. Well, they, no, they mean, did, but then nobody approved it. Right, right. Like there's a proposal on the table on how to exit. So now that we know, now that they know so much more about this thing, now they can make more of a decision again and say, "Hey, all right, we tried. This is what it would really look like." Now that I know what it would really look like, then no, of course I'm not going to say. Or yes, yes, sounds great. Let's keep on going. Mm. I don't know. know. I, I personally, uh, it's like going on a date. <laughs> I'll say yes. But then after like ten dates, now that I know more about it, I'm like, no. Oh, I I kind of right. liken it to if you have a cat and you open the door, the cat walks out and it's like, and then and it comes back in, <laughs> and then it goes back out, and you're like, come on, hell, cat. And by the way, the votes back then in 2016 was 51 percent leave, 48 percent remain. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about again a difference of one percent. So yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. And then it won't take much to swing this. I'm not saying that it wouldn't pass. I'm just saying yeah. that like it's against the will of the voters. To True. to put it back up, it's like they this is, they voted, they well, wanted this, so they need to do it. I don't think it's against the will of the voter to not bring it back up. Yeah, I mean, well, you just said like if they did it right after, that would be against the will of the voters. So it's just like where's the line where it's True. okay to True. bring it back up? Well, it's kind of like you know we did prohibition here in America. We voted for prohibition, and then we were like, this is stupid, and mm-hmm. then we voted against prohibition. And I mean, I'd, I'd more liken it to kind of like that. Like they voted for breakfast, Brexit, and then <laughs> breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> breakfast, they voted for some Scams. chicken and waffles. <laughs> and then you know, after a while, they realize it's a dumb idea, and so they didn't change their mind. Yeah, I don't. Okay, we'll see. All right, so um, okay, so Netflix, Movie Pass, Hulu, Blue Apron, all of these uh, subscription services are the hot new thing in the market. The you latest can get movies off Blue Apron. No, no, it's different stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, you cook up your own movies. Well, you get the subscription <laughs> for food. So, okay. as I was doing some reading, as I as I want to do, I came across a the latest heavy hitter to join the subscription club, and it's a coffee subscription. Heck yeah, I I'm in one. Are you really? Yeah. What describe Starbucks? No, no, it's a so it's coffee subscription. I get in the mail every month two bags of coffee. Ah, this is different. This is at a restaurant. So, so mm. Burger King is offering you for five dollars a month. Ooh. One free cup of coffee a day for for five bucks. 
Oh wow, that's a good deal. Yeah, and I think it's basically a scam to get you into Burger King to buy other crap. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, that's okay. I was like, man, like Burger King is offering a food subscription service, and I was like, I mean, I this mean, could, this could catch on. Like, yeah, I think food of, subscription was a smart idea. Give me some like type of a burrito. <laughs> like I feel like the linchpin here is that statistic person, the person who's crunching the numbers to mm-hmm. say. Yes, the proper price point here for us to turn profit is five bucks a month because, according to our modeling analysis, mm-hmm. it shows that people won't show up this amount of time, or you know, well, like, coffee is basically free to the company. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> I, I'm just saying there, there's a there's a math formula here that the whole entire uh, income stream depends on, and if that person's modeling is off by just a little bit, you know. Well, I don't think they make nah, any money the, off coffee. If you, if they make a ton of money off coffee. Well, okay, I would. Uh, they probably don't make a ton of money off coffee. If well, you do five dollars, it's, it's for coffee a month, has right? a high uh, profit margin. It'd be five over thirty, right? So it'd be what is that? I don't know. Seventeen. Seventeen cents. Point seventeen. Seventeen cents per cup of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go every day, yeah. But, if you go every day, but clearly you, they're clearly they're banking on the fact that people only go. Once a week. No, they're banking on you buying a bunch of other crap while you're yeah. there. That too, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That too. Mm, okay, so I'm just saying, like, once that subscription service makes its way to some stuff I'm into, not yeah. like, one I pers- so, so what would Steak. be the one thing we're really into that we're like, yes, steaks in the mail. <laughs> That's the thing, too. You can yeah. get that. Uh, <laughs> Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks. They uh, started it. Beef Box is, I think, the, like, the thing that's advertising on podcasts now where you can, like, uh, or Butcher Box, I think is what it's called. Oh, All Beef the... Box. I was like, that's <laughs> like cows that, that make... That's the chocolate milk cows. Yeah. Uh, I think, so there's a taco place I go to in, uh, well, I used to go to back before I had to lose 60 pounds. Oh, maybe that's why I need to lose weight. I, I, go, to, <laughs> I go to twice a week <laughs> in town, and if they offered me some type of subscription service, I would uh, take advantage. Or maybe pizza, too. Damn, I can't eat pizza anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe this. Maybe my doctor had a point. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it if the if I could just drive up and just like I'm a subscriber and like pick up my lunch and go to work or something like that. You know what? There was a thing like a like a there was a fundraiser in school where you could get like a uh, you, you bought this card and you could get pizza once a month or something like that, like once a week, and if you paid for this card and it was some type of fundraiser thing. And I remember loving that. Mm. You remember? You guys remember that? Maybe. Um, yeah. uh, we didn't get that. Oh, yes, I'm a little older than Bo and a little younger than John. <laughs> it was a sweet three-year period where that, that pizza card was going. <laughs> okay, and then, and then the big story I want to talk about oh. this week. Oh, man. So, like, uh, I had two of them, actually. Bo, how are we doing on time? Oh. Probably going long. I'm talking about some bullshit. <laughs> well, Brexit's uh, a good one. Well, yeah, we're a little long, but it's fine. Okay, all right. So, two things I want to get out of here I think are pretty important. All right. All right, so how do you guys feel about... Uh, Okay, I'll talk about this big one first. All right, and now it's time for the news rabbit hole, where I look up one topic and end up mad about something totally different. All right, so in November 2018... Follow me on this trail. Yeah, Florida passed an amendment reversing a slavery-era law that restricted felons from being able to vote. We all remember a bit before. So that passed, and now it's part of the Florida Constitution that uh, felons can vote once they have... The language of, of the amendment says... This amendment restores the voting rights of Floridians with felony convictions after they complete all terms of their sentence, including parole or probation. The amendment would not apply to those convicted of murder or sexual offenses who would continue to be permanently barred from voting unless the governor and cabinet vote to restore their voting rights on a case by case basis. I don't know why you got to restrict them to, but that's not what we're arguing about. So what's going on now is uh, because it's Florida. The conservative state Congress is doing whatever they can to undermine the will of the voters and make it harder for felons to get their voting rights back. 
Just this week, the House State Affairs Committee voted to pass House Bill 7089, a bill that undermines Amendment 4. And uh, so basically what they're trying to do is say that um, if you haven't paid all of your fines, yeah. like so you've com- you completed your sentence and you're out of jail, which is what the, the, bill, the bill says, I mean, uh, complete all terms of their sentence. So including parole and probation. So like once you're out of jail, you're supposed to be able to vote. But they're saying once you pay your fees and your fines, then you're able to vote. And then so I was like, man, that sucks. So I was like, so how much are these fees and fines typically? And so for reference, to get a fifty thousand dollar fee assessed to you, if you get you get a fifty thousand dollar fee assessed to you, if you get caught with two tablespoons of cocaine, or one tablespoon of meth, a teaspoon of heroin, and that's a mandatory minimum uh, sentence. Uh, also, in Florida, you can get a $15,000 fine for a conviction of a life felony, uh, $10,000 for a first or second degree felony, 5000 for a felony in the third degree. And these are, again, people who are fresh out of prison and have to pay this, which is like basically impossible. So then as I was looking into that, I started seeing that there are that in 43 states in the nation, you get you can they on there are laws on the books that allow them to charge you for room and board while you're in prison. So there's a guy that got out of prison and they charged him $54,750 for his own incarceration that he would have to pay off as a convicted felon before he was able to get his voting rights back. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> was it, this was in Florida or another state? Yeah, I, I Googled just like, so the thing I Googled, I was like, how much is a typical fee for a prisoner or whatever? And then the first story that popped up was about Florida because of course, and there was a guy, uh, there's one guy that like he he uh, got beat in prison. He tried to sue the prison system, and they were like, "All right, so we're going to charge you fifty four thousand dollars for your sentence. If you want to go to court, we'll go to court with you." And then some other guy they interviewed him, and he was like, "They charged me fifty thousand dollars. I don't even know why." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I think I've I think I've actually heard about this. This is one of those low level things that people kind of when they hear about, they go, "Wait, really? Like, why would you? You know, they're already being all their rights are pretty much taken away, and you're forcing them into this box, you know." They're they're doing the punishment, uh, you know. They've been charged guilty for something, you know. Why then are you lumping on some kind of debt that they can't even? They have no choice but to to pay yeah. on. You know? yeah, yeah, like the state wants to have it both ways, where it's like we want to be harsh on imprisonment, but then we don't want to pay for it, so we make you the prisoner pay for it too. And it's just like cruel on both ends. To it put, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so have, it, have you ever heard about that, Johnny? Like, no, no. I could I've, see. I could almost see like a. Like, I, maybe this is a, you know, I'm I'm kind of going down. If you could reduce the sentence, and you could pay the state back, but that that probably wouldn't work because if a rich person does something, they just pay whatever back. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. I don't I, want that to yeah. happen either. Yeah, I've done this thought experiment because I was like, there's too, the, the incarceration rates are too high in America. The sentences are too long, and if you just take away the sentences and give them um, fines, then it's bad for rich people, and then or rich people just pay it, and poor people can't. Yeah. So yep. then, what do you do? Right. So the thing I came up with was just like community service is the only but justice way of changing the policing system as we see it just like give people community service and then it helps us the community yeah I, then, i'm good with community service if you can trust the type of criminals to do those kinds yeah, of things it, i think it'd have to be like yeah. you know and it's not that it's not just the criminals it'll basically be slave labor is what it ends up being that's the problem with that <laughs> but we got to do something <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that, that's the best option. So, so guess, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to where we started. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so then, like, as I was going down the, down the rest of this rabbit hole, it was like they charge, uh, there's some prisons charge visitation fees for your family to come see you. And then that, I don't know if you've heard that, like, you rack up hundreds of dollars in phone call fees in the prisons, too. This whole thing was madness, and you need to call your senator <laughs> and tell them to fix it because it's uh, infuriating. And there's no way that some criminals are going to be able to pay these fees to get the voting rights back. So, like, one, the voting rights thing is terrible. And then that helped me figure out that the prison system, well, didn't, I already knew. But, like, and I'm trying to tell you, the listener, that the prisons out here are out of control. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, and in good news. There you go. Yeah, the, hey. the old palate cleanser here. All right. So the trend of countries building walls is catching on. But this is a wall idea I can support. It turns out, I was looking at this, over 20 countries in Africa are building a wall of trees called the Great Green Wall of Africa. Uh, yeah. The project has led to millions of acres of restored greenery in Africa. So it's basically like apparently deserts expand is a thing that happens. Yeah, desertification is a big problem. Yeah, apparently. So like, yeah. they're, so they're basically making a big tree line at the border of the Sahara Desert that goes all the way across Africa, and it's going to, um, I don't know, be good for the environment and make things more beautiful and stop the desert. desert- yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I was re- reading something where there's there is a. A relatively big push that uh, to try to make the desert or large swaths of the desert arable, which you can do with probably some section of the desert. But you know, the Sahara Desert was an ocean essentially. Where? Yeah. How they, does they, it, they find you, they find whale bones in the Sahara all the time. Oh, so speaking of whale bones, I don't know if you've been on Twitter. <laughs> speaking, yeah. of, speaking of yeah. whale bones, <laughs> uh, I saw check the, out my profile. <laughs> the latest headline was that in I think like New Zealand or somewhere they found a, a prehistoric. Uh, whale uh, skeleton with four legs. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like the old dog thing, right? What? <laughs> yeah, that's what. So whales, bef- what they did yeah, is they, they used to swim in the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they well they did. They they swam in the ocean. They came out in land. They walked around. They went back in the ocean. Yeah, ooh, it's, it's it's hot up here. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back in. Let's go cool yeah. off here. All right. So and and uh and that's the hot take news for all of us here at News Center Four. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. We'll be right back after this. Oh, uh, I want to put one thing out. There. Oh, okay, hey, okay. Hey. So you talk about uh, Africa and some of that, and there's an interesting fact: the um, one of the largest man-made structures on Earth was in Ethiopia mm. by the Edi- by the Edo people. It was the walls of Benin. So, and then what happened was the British came invaded and tore a lot of it down. So. Uh, Wait, so you're telling me that walls don't stop invaders from getting <laughs> to your country? <laughs> and, and, yeah, no, they don't. Yeah. So. Just wanted to put that out there. All right. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Hey, guys. Welcome back. I'm Johnny. Lance. And I'm First Officer Bo. Reporting. Yes, sir. Time to get into the Captain's Radio Room. I believe that I can do more. Hasn't that been the problem all along? You've never been willing to do what's necessary to attain it. And for today's episode, I want to talk about mental resilience. Ah, yes. The old mental resilience. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> favorite. <laughs> it's a sexy topic, I know it is. Well, the reason this uh, came to my mind recently was because, I, as you all know, I just went on that uh, hiking trip and the snowboarding trip. So the hiking trip was my second attempt to climb a 14,000-foot mountain, right? Did you get it the first time? 
No. Okay, that's why we're talking about mental resilience and not physical. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> resilience. <laughs> Copy, got it. <laughs> so I, I started off at about uh, just uh, shy of 7,000 feet, and it got up to as high as 11,300 feet, but still a far cry from the 14,000, right? But the whole time I did this something new where I was listening to an audio book. Ah, right? that's cool. So fantastic audio book, and it talked about the um, early explorations of um, Antarctica. Oh, like, uh, was it, St- uh, not Stockton? Um, uh, yeah, no, I read it too. Uh, th- was it, not Endeavor, the um, Resilient or something like that? What's the name of the book? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's uh, the name of the book that I was listening to um, was called Alone nope. on the Ice, The okay. Greatest Survival Story in the History of Exploration, written by David Roberts. So again, we're talking like, 1910, 1915 time frame. This yeah, is when it was World War One. They did this right, right before, yeah, right before World War One. Um, sponsored by like the British exp- uh, expedition, yep, um, and so forth. Shackleton, Sh- Shackleton, yeah, Shackleton, Shackleton. Shackleton. Shackleton, yeah, that's the one I read. But this one's even more impressive than Shackleton, <laughs> <laughs> according to the book. <laughs> right. Like the, the guys, get a picture, okay? 1910 gear, not REI gear, not Gore-Tex or anything like that. He's just in a regular like. Whatever. Eating food out of lead Top cans. hat and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and pocket watch. <laughs> no, he's pretty much, he just killed a seal and just wears it. Right? Yeah. So him and two other guys are crossing like 300 miles over the Antarctica ice, right? 300 miles. They're pulling the sleds. They have huskies that help pull. But as soon as one of them fades off, they shoot it and eat it. Because that's meat along the way. Yeah. And they feed it back to the dogs too. And I guess right. that's motivation for the dogs too. <laughs> <laughs> like, see a couple of your homeboys get shot for slacking off. You, 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 you put some pepper in your step. Yeah, that's, and, that's pretty hardcore to me. Yeah, and, and the guy is, you know, making use of everything he can find. So certain points, he's like losing gear. Like they're crossing crevasses, and sometimes like the equipment falls in, or the people fall in. They have to just climb it every single time, or pull out the sled every single time with hundreds of pounds of equipment on it. They're they're doing this just to are they, go are they, are they mapping it? Mapping. Are it. They, okay, they're mapping it. I'm glad somebody does it, man. They're mapping it and. At one point, like, they're pulling the sleds, right? And you got to get some good grip in your shoes and whatnot. And they don't have, like, crampons. So what this guy did was, like, he pulled out all the excess nails that he could spare on the sled oh. and punched them through, like, some leather, strapped them to his feet, and that was his crampons. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Like, on certain days... that I mean, I would that would seem to be pretty good, but I think um, nails, like, it would almost, like, lay flat a little bit, right? Because it's kind of, like, loose in there, right? Depends on how you yeah, did it, yeah. I guess, yeah. So. Anyway, the guy is very hardcore, right? So hardcore that some modern-day adventurer reenacted um, this guy's mm-hmm. um, event using the same gear. And, like, he barely made it. At one point, he fell into a crevasse. And he had to pull himself up, right, like 15 feet or something of like that, on the rope. So just him, he fell into the crevasse, fifteen feet deep, and he had to like hopefully he tied rope. I mean knots in your rope. <laughs> Actually, he did. So okay. he had the foresight to do this, right? Okay, good. So he tied the knots in the rope. He climbed all the way up to the top, and then something happened. He fell back down, oh. and he had to do it all over again. Probably slipped on the freaking ice. But anyways, like the modern guy, the modern uh, adventurer who tried to reenact it, couldn't even do that piece of it. So it's like it's just so intense what this guy did, right? I could barely make it from the door of my Airbnb to my car in Michigan winter a couple weeks ago <laughs> without yeah. slipping, yeah. falling, and dying. Uh, <laughs> I think life was harder back then, and to survive it, you had yeah. to be more hardcore. And 
That's all I think. So, so, so given what this guy went through, here I am hiking what, on a very well-traveled trail. Mm-hmm. With your cup of tea. With tons of equipment <laughs> yeah. on me and so forth. Five bars of LTE. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get Wi-Fi out here. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I, I, I tell myself, like, whew, I'm tired. I think I need to turn around and go back home now <laughs> and go get cozy in the nice cabin with the fire and everything, you know? So it leads me to the question of mental resilience. How? Well, I, I think you did something smart there because that guy trained to do that. Dude. And you, although are in great shape, you know, we're in Florida. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I do like the strategy of like doing a thing, but listening to a story of a guy doing a much harder thing. So then you're just like, oh, this is easy by comparison. Or you just shame yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were saying some mental resilience. For no, I just saying like, so how, how do you... What do you two guys do to break through that mental resilience? When you guys feel like, oh, the tough, you know, the the tough gets going, or the what's that phrase? When the, go, when the towing, when the going, going gets tough, towing, tough gets <laughs> American idioms <laughs> gets tough going. I can never get <laughs> these idioms. <laughs> when the going gets tough, the tough get going. <laughs> yep. So, what tricks do you guys use, or how how tough is your mental resilience? Would you rate yourself on? I'm trying to think of the last time I had to push myself to do something to push past my limits. And it's just like, uh, I think what I did in that situation was just think about baseball. (laughs) 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 Uh, mm, I don't think I pushed myself in a minute. Like, uh, well, so you're about to endeavor on something very hard right now. We just lose a few pounds. Oh, that's going to take a lot of mental resilience, Mm -hmm. sustained resilience. So every time I think about, uh, but you're not going to die if you fail. Mm, I mean, like you lose a foot. So every time I think about uh, making that pot, it's in my freezer. I think to myself, I enjoy walking on on two feet. So then I don't cook it. Nope. <laughs> what? Yeah, it, it's it's gonna, as they say, rubber is gonna hit the road. Yeah. So, and then you will be feeling really hungry one day. Man. Then are you the craving for that dessert, perhaps? So okay. so what, what's that toughness gonna kick in and say, no, Lance? I think no. So I think what I do is. I, I don't. I don't think I am that tough, and I don't think I can rely on it. So I plan ahead of time for my weakness. Like I'm aware of my weakness. So, like I know that if I don't have uh, roasted broccoli and roasted carrots, you know, like at my desk at work, that I will go to the vending machine and get Nestle Crunch. So I, to avoid my weakness, which I know about, I make sure that I, er, in early in the week, just make all kinds of vegetables and and have those ready to eat. Instead. That's true. You do do that. Yeah. So it's not like I don't. I That's mean, very healthy. You wow. Yeah. Man, I try, man. I'm trying. That's why I was so pissed off that my doctor called me fat. I'm like, you know how hard I'm out here trying. <laughs> I only eat one pie a month. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I think that's that's probably my my best bet here. It's a cushy life out here, Johnny. Uh, I got a iPad, you know, a, a desk job over here getting arthritis is the worst the worst threat to my life right now was a uh, <laughs> er, 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 ergonomic issues <laughs> at work. And uh so, mm-hmm. I so, plan so, so planning is the way to go. Yeah, planning is probably my best bet. What about you, Bill? So, probably like you, I don't think I've ever Oh, by ever. Well, I'll say ever, but it's like the, you know your limits out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how close I've gotten to that. I'd probably have not been that close. But every time I felt like this is really tough, I just kind of, uh, I used to try to feel like I'm, maybe this is a, when I was younger, I would almost try to do these mental exercises. And it wouldn't be like consciously thinking this. Um, but if I was in pain, I'd be like trying to tell myself, 
you know, pain is just a feeling. Pain is in my mind. It's pain not don't really, hurt. It, pain don't hurt. You know, <laughs> and so when I when I get to a point where it's like it's tough, but I know the only way out is to keep going. Then I just say, you know, it's just a feeling. I'll get past it. Da, 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 and yeah. just kind of keep going. Yeah, I, and I've seen Bo do this. It's quite impressive. Yeah, we've done hikes before where I'm just again, once again, just dying, and Bo is just like plowing through it, right? But oh. when we get to the top, when I, like an hour later, when I when I finally reach the top and I find Bo up there already, he's like claps on the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just go, I'm here. <laughs> you know. yeah, exactly. That's funny. So for so for reference, there when uh, so Bo leaves Johnny in hiking, and then when me, Johnny, and uh, Chris and Kevin all went hiking. Chris was way ahead of, of Johnny. Johnny, Likely, right? Yeah, but well, I'm going to say his whole name out here. <laughs> Chris was way ahead of Johnny. Johnny was way ahead of me. And I, th- and I think me and Kevin were kind of like about a mile back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over the course of a, of a, a full day of hiking, I think it might have been about a, maybe not a mile, but quite a ways back. <laughs> So yeah, so Bo, you, I would like we shouldn't even go together. <laughs> like we will just have walkie talkies because you're going to be too far ahead of me. <laughs> well, I went with the other Chris, uh, and it was you know I think what at the last day it had rained, and so my wife was like, you know, I'm done with this. Oh, she was gonna... hiking too. Yeah, so we're so like, where was she in relation to Johnny? Uh, she hikes about the same pace as Johnny. Oh, okay, right. So uh, sh- so we get done with the trail, and then you know the the couple that was with us, they're about a mile or so behind. And so I went back and I, and I met them on the trail and I, uh, his wife, I, I held his, I held her gear and we walked back out. So. Man, that's pretty good. Also, that's, a, that'd be a fight. <laughs> like, well, it wasn't that big of a hike. It was like, I don't know, 20 miles or something. That's going to come up later in their household. Like, you ain't a real man like Bo. He carried my, <laughs> my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they just say that I have long legs. So I just kind of go real fast. Okay. Like they're having a fight at some point in time, and it's, it's in the back of her mind, like in her chamber, <laughs> ready yeah. to bring it up. <laughs> what a real man would do. So I, I've got a list here of things that could uh, help build resilience. Oh, nice! So I just name them real fast, and you just. Oh, guys... What do you do, Johnny? Me? Yeah, I get angry. Oh, you know that's a good thing. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. In the gym, I will I will channel my uh, channel yeah. my tiredness into. Uh, f- fury at various yeah. things. Yes, no, that's no, good motivator. Yeah, no shortage of fury over here, folks. <laughs> Furries, <laughs> either or. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna name something. You guys say if you guys have it or not. Optimism. Those who are optimistic tend to be more resilient. That's a good yes, question. I, have optimism. I would say I do. Uh, I used to. Uh, I, I was Scale actually, one to ten. Scale one to ten. Actually, in the Optimist Club. Um, Optimus Prime? <laughs> Hit the club. I don't know. That's seven. Seven. Seven? I don't right. know. Maybe well, that's a lie. Um, I, I guess seven. You know. All right. As an optimism? <laughs> Out of ten? Yeah. Seven? Yeah. I'm like a nine. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. uh, altruism. The most resilient among us often turn to help others when they need to relieve stress and boost their self-efficiency. Uh, efficacy. I would mm-hmm. say I'm probably more altruistic than not, I mean, but I wouldn't consider myself an altruistic person. You just told a story about how you went back and grabbed a book back for wherever. Yeah, but he yeah, knows that guy. Back. He wouldn't do it for a stranger. Um, he would. Who would, would? Well, it's, it's more you like... You saw somebody struggling. You'd it, help. Yeah, but it's... Okay, so my version of altruism is I'll do something for you knowing that I'll get something kind of back in return, but I do it kind of like implicitly. Really? Like, so I go out and I pick that book back up. But I know that later he's going to bring beers to a campfire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So if we're hiking yeah. and 
we're walking past a stranger who's clearly like struggling. Oh yeah, well, of course you help because yeah. like you don't want the person that would be out there and die. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. but but what if you yourself are struggling? Well, no one would help me because I'm like just some guy that's struggling. You know. <laughs> so I, I think I'm. Uh, Bo said he would only help somebody if he thought they would help him. I would help somebody even if they told me they wouldn't help me. So I'm probably pretty high on altruism. Yeah, I can see that. All right, I think I'm average. Uh, moral compass. People with a strong moral compass or steadfast steadfast set of beliefs about right and wrong generally have an easier time bouncing back. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm uh, pegged on this one like a uh, ten out of ten. I I compass. have no moral compass. None whatsoever. <laughs> what are you talking? Utilitarian. About? Yeah. I well I don't even know if utilitarian, but I would say that relativistically. Oh, he's, moral I thought he was going to pull it back, like and say that he was joking at some point in time. Yeah, That's a no. weird thing to not have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's. I, sometimes I'm like, I, I get to, you know, my moral judgment. I sometimes think, I go, was that the right thing? I don't know. So, <laughs> Well, right. it's okay. All right. I'm not in jail yet. <laughs> Faith and spirituality. <laughs> like just, mm, me me and religion are having a discussion right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we're all low on this one, maybe. Well, I'm going to say that um, I grew up in church and stuff like that, so I'm even though I wouldn't consider myself of any religious persuasion, I would probably say I'm probably more, uh, what is it, religious <laughs> than m- most people. From background. Yeah. Yeah, like it's yeah. like you, like I remember listening to a story about a guy who he was, his father was a, a pastor, but he himself considered himself and he never could really consider himself an atheist, even though he didn't believe in God, because the way that he kind of approached it, he would say something like, I would have to pray to pray how not to believe in god or something like that oh wow yeah you know it's hard to shake once it's in you as a kid yeah so it's probably one of those things where it's like you know i i kind of have this feeling that there's something bigger than me out there but i you know obviously i don't think that's true like i logically don't think that's true but for some reason emotionally i can't help but think Mm -hmm. because it got drilled into you as a kid yeah yeah Yeah, i think that's where i am so it's like two things one it got i'm basically that like what you just said there bo is pretty much describes me too yeah and like I, I, I don't like it's been drilled, drilled into me as a kid and also I can't figure out where life came from aside from so I'm just like eh, you know yeah maybe that's the answer <laughs> yeah. if everybody else came from somebody else at some point in time you just had to start humor 10 out of 10 you're welcome Punto listeners five stars on my <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I actually want to say my, my humor level is probably fading as what? I get older oh yeah yeah I don't know why it's yeah but I, I would like it's kind of weird it's like sometimes I'm sitting there and I think I go was I funnier at one point, or was I, did I laugh more? <laughs> I haven't laughed funny. in a month. You know? Oh yeah, so that gets depressing when you, when you realize I haven't like laughed so hard my stomach hurts. Oh, I haven't like, laughed that, like that, that in like six months. Yeah. So, so, okay, so there was. Yeah, it's been a while. I was, but yeah. that used to happen almost every day. Yeah, a long no, time ago. I don't know then, about that. Uh, so I listened to a podcast, and there was a so Johnny was hiking. There was a guy. So age does to you. <laughs> so knowledge, I think, is what it is. <laughs> so there was a, a guy. He was out hiking, and he. I guess he had. I guess he was doing a loop. So at the beginning of his loop, he like buried some some provisions or whatever, and then he made mm-hmm. his loop. And then he was super starving and about to. Oh, this to, was South Pole stuff, right? I don't know what it was, and he was about to pass out. But then when he got back to where he was, he found his provisions, and he and he like recorded himself finding his his favorite candy bar, and he he was yelling and crying because he was so happy about his candy bar. Mm-hmm. And then like the podcast was like, and when was the last time you felt like this? And then I sat and thought. <laughs> 
and thought. When was the last time? <laughs> I like maybe when I had to have been a kid. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's really the last I, time you felt like we all felt like that happy. Probably. Yeah. It, it's been a while. And you I was had like, a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say like, okay, so it's, there's unmitigated joy and then there's joy with with fear mixed into it. Mm, ah, that's interesting. Right? Mm. So the kid is the joy with the fear. And yes, it's a lot yes. of fear. Yes. <laughs> so true. I, you know what? So probably it will be some family related stuff though. Maybe when I was like I don't know, maybe holding one of my my nieces for the first time or or nephews or or maybe when they were like jumping on me or when I was playing with them or something like that. That's probably been the closest I've been in a, in a while. Yeah, so I, I think it's it's good that you you find uh, your happiness. All right, la- la- last one in building resilience. This one should be pretty obvious. Social supports. Unsurprisingly, social support is important when it comes to resilience. Those with strong social support networks are better equipped to bounce back from loss or disappointment. How strong are your social supports? Great. I think then. Yeah, I'd say that's probably out of all the things. That's probably my highest one. Like my family is. I have. Great family. It sucks to be you guys because my family is the best family in the world. Uh, they would love me. I feel like if I was like a, I don't know, I, I wouldn't test it, but I feel like if I, got, I murdered somebody, they still come see me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then my friends too. Like so, I've got a, a very close, good circle of friends too. Like you know, and uh, let's see. I would say I think the social uh, supports around me are very strong, um, but they've not as big as they used to be. I guess. So, so my issue with that, I, but I, I think it's you know that's just what happens as you get older. You know, you don't have as many friends. You don't, you know, I don't see my family as much. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, that part does suck. You see yeah. them in big chunks. And you kind of see them just like once a year, or whatever. It's like, oh man, yeah, you know, <laughs> the um the thing I will thing I will say about that though, like I have great people in place, but my instinct is to never use them for stuff. Like I don't I don't lean on people very much. I'm I'm very independent like that. Like to a fault. Yeah, it's not a good thing about me per se, but there it's out it's out there. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, you can lean on me whenever you want, Lance. Yeah, like at your butt, though, because you're <laughs> so tall. <laughs> People are going to think I'm like eight feet tall. What are you, like six four? Yeah, about. That's pretty tall. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. Well, that there's our talk on mental resilience, how to push through things, how to hike through Antarctica, if there ever came a time for that. <laughs> Would um, you do that? Actually, yeah. I'm, if, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a little disappointed I still can't hike these uh these uh, mountains out in Colorado, mm-hmm. which should give me pause for, am I going to be healthy enough to do Antarctica? But if I can somehow it's manage, flat. yeah, it is. But if I can somehow manage, like just an easy five day hike on the Antarctica ice that takes me through some beautiful scenery, yeah, that that's the way to mm-hmm. cross off Antarctica on my on my list. A buddy of mine went to Antarctica. I saw the pictures on on Instagram, and I was like, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. It yeah. was like a big airplane, like on a, it like landed on ice. Nice, <laughs> like seven thirty seven or whatever. I guess he went there for work. Or something, and it's like cool pictures. I was like, man, I, th- I think most people go to Antarctica. They do it through a cruise, mm. which is fine. But, like you get to Argentina yeah. and you kind of float down or something. Something like that, like that. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like I want to spend some time on the ice if possible. But it gets really dangerous, you know. See, I would like to be able to get to the point where. So I grew up reading the book The Hatchet. I don't know if you ever read that. I read it and I don't remember liking it. Yeah. So it was just basically this kid. He, him, and his grandfather something flying in a plane, and then. His grandfather has a heart attack and crashes into, like, in the middle of nowhere. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, the book's, <laughs> wait, covering, like, 1970 or something. Yeah, probably. And every 12-year-old, essentially. <laughs> every like in fifth grade. <laughs> every in fifth grade reads it, you know. And so it'd be something like, kind of like, uh, you know, a scenario where you're out in the woods 
and could I survive kind of yeah that kind of thing that's kind of the mental resilience I would like to have alrighty guys well thanks for joining me in the captain's ready room until the next time transfer of data is complete hey welcome back to the Junto Show I'm Lance I'm Johnny and I'm Bo and we're about to get things started in our world famous pop culture segment all right, thanks for listening, everybody. All right, uh, Johnny, what have you been watching, listening to, or experiencing in the pop culture world? As always, I take this assignment amongst the most serious things in my life. <laughs> um, Netflix. Let's start with Netflix, my friends. Okay. Yeah, you, yep. you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. <laughs> Johnny gets his ten dollars a month out of Netflix. <laughs> Thirteen dollars. Thank you very much. You didn't much. even get this. I still get this because mine is only like twelve dollars. What? How many TVs do you have on there? I got my whole family on mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like twelve ninety nine or so. Anyways. Uh, I just watched last night The Highwayman, starring Kevin Costner and Woody Harrison. So these are uh, oh, that's the new thing. What? Like, uh, yeah, Netflix. Uh, you know, the other, I was thinking to myself, I love Woody Harrelson, and I haven't seen him in anything. Mm-hmm. And, True uh, Detective, right? Oh well. And then, like a week later, I saw this trailer for this thing on Netflix with Woody, Woody Harrelson, and I was like, my man. Yeah. And then Johnny watched it, so now I get to know if it's worth my time or not. Yep. It is not for you, Lance. Oh, sounds <laughs> it is not for you. Let me just say that. Yeah, I think anything with Kevin Costner is not for Kevin me. Costner is a big low, but Woody Harrelson's a big, a big yeah. up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so this is a based on a um, true events. A pair of Texas Rangers come out of retirement to catch the infamous outlaws Bonnie and Clyde. So it's a very much a in the theme of a western, mm-hmm. very slow, mm-hmm. very methodical. But I like that kind of stuff, so it paid off for me in the end. So I thought it was a worthwhile movie if you like westerns, right. and especially if you like these two actors, which I do. I yep, tell so. my dad, my dad, us all he watches is uh, reality shows and westerns. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I love these movies when they're based on true events. Uh, at the end, of the credits are rolling; they show the real pictures. Mm, like so, so you kind of know, like, oh wow, it really was like that. Wait, so, say, so you said it was good? It was good if you like westerns. Yep. Do you like westerns? I do. All right. I do want to say something about Kevin Costner and his acting. I think I have I've watched enough Kevin Costner films to pretty much go, he doesn't act, they just he just reads stuff and they just film him <laughs> and his and it's Kevin Costner. Pretty much yeah. probably. So yeah. So it's like the same so, so if he went straight from killing Bonnie and Clyde to saving Whitney Houston, like it would, he would, <laughs> yeah. he would. Miss. I mean, from Robin Hood to Bonnie and Clyde, same. same Actually, yeah. I saw another Kevin Costner movie on the flight home from Denver. Uh, one of my favorite movies, Thirteen Days, which uh, ah, yeah, yeah. which is the uh, reenactment of the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis events. Yeah, yeah. So another great movie. Cuban Missile Crisis is one of the most. If you understand that well, I think that will tell you a lot, lot, lot about uh, government and how the world works. If you understand mm-hmm. that that well so so there's that and then in terms of hulu uh, there's a new show called shrill starring ad bryant from snl she's the the bigger one it's a fantastic show it's like oh, a, that's great because i've been hearing a lot about that show and i like her yeah but i didn't i didn't watch it and i was like i don't know if i'm going to watch it yeah. i just needed a little nudge yeah i definitely say go check it out it's only about like 25 three minute um sitcom ish type episodes and yeah it's a great dose of um, some fun entertainment i think what made you watch that johnny it just looked interesting i really like that comedian okay yeah, yeah. she's doing a lot of press for it and i, I heard the press and i was like yeah. i hope yeah. like i hope it does well because i like her but i think i'll watch it too now and, and by the way i did uh, back to netflix real fast. i did watch two episodes of russian doll i don't know if i'm gonna follow through to that or not i not sure if i like that character oh well i guess did you watch orange is the new black or not nah? no okay so she's 
one of the main characters in Orange is the New Black, so I've liked her for years. She, she's She's been around, though. She was in, yeah. was it Can't Hardly Wait with Jennifer Love Hewitt, perhaps? Mm. I want to say she she was like somebody's best friend in one of these teen comedy type things. She I, does kind of look like the one that goes in Clueless, I think. <laughs> but that's about it. She's So uh, I know her only from Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll, but then she did an interview recently, and apparently she's been a child star since she was like a child <laughs> and also like so story checks out a lot of her characters are like real druggy and stuff like that and apparently she's a an actual uh huge recovering drug addict like had real problems yeah. i think her heart stopped or something like that she told some crazy stories oh american pie she was in american pie oh uh, yes that's what those let me go back and watch that because yeah. I, I like her all right yeah I, I do think i had the same critique about her acting or her character in the russian doll so if you can get past it, I think... Past it. I love it. Okay, well... That's part. Uh, it was like one of those things that was like... I was watching her and I was like, you know, she's the main character and she's supposed to be someone unsavory and I really unsavor her. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. So now I'm wondering because I've known her for seven years. It, it, her character from Orange is the New Black mm-hmm. is, is basically... Got out of jail and got a job, and now is in Russian Doll. So it's like yeah. she's Kevin Costner. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and but I, I like her, but I also have a lot of history with her too. So I, th- I wonder how much that's factoring into my Probably. appreciation of that, that show, which is interesting. You've acquired uh, her taste. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so so, Bo, what about you? What's going on in pop culture for you? Oh, is Johnny? You done? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I always got more, but yeah, we, we loop around. We okay. Loop around. Uh, so I've. I have stopped reading uh, Marcel Proust's book. Um, stopped or finished? Uh, no, stopped. <laughs> uh, I'm. I just can't get into it. His 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 style of language. I guess all the pretties. I can't really follow it. I'm too dumb. Um, so then I started going. It's his problem, Bo, not yours. All right. <laughs> yeah. Never talk bad about my friend Bo. How dare you? <laughs> well, um, so I started going into watching. Um, I watched the movie Enter the Void. Uh, you ever heard of that, Johnny? That sounds so familiar. It came out in 2009, 2010, and it's, uh, according to the uh, director, and uh, blanking on his name, it's Casper uh, No, I think that's it. Casper No. Casper No. Casper No. And he kind of says it's like, he, he describes it as a psychedelic melodrama, and it's loosely based off of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And if you watch it, I was I was like I just kind of want a movie that's kind of out there and that movie is um it's it can be kind of hard to watch <laughs> but it's a good movie it's like one of those movies where I'm like I'm not sure they should have they'll ever or should make another movie like this again <laughs> but it's entertaining and I wouldn't watch it with someone who you respect <laughs> 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 or you want who wants a, then to respect you anymore that's funny uh, your taste in everything is, is yes. it's just, it's just yeah. very Bo Bo I appreciate and I appreciate well, that <laughs> yeah so the, I, I, the the main actress's name I did like her name is I think it's Paz de la Huerta I think that's her name and she's from New York or something mm-hmm. and it's what it does is uh, you basically follow uh, uh, this guy as he dies and through with him through his afterlife essentially yeah. <laughs> like a synopsis here the, a French drug dealer living in Tokyo is betrayed by his best friend and killed in a drug deal his soul observing the repercussions of his death seeks resurrection yep 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 and, and so you get to see things like an, like an abortion and stuff like that So, and fun fact um, <laughs> at the Cannes Film Festival the film was screened without any opening and closing credits the film began with enter and ended with the void yeah so 
Oh, into okay. I'm looking at into the void, and Inter. it's it's about something totally different. I'm like, what the hell are you talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, the name makes sense if you if you, you when you listen to it and it's like talks about the Book of the Dead. You know, it kind of makes sense. Like you've died and you've entered the void. Netflix kind of thing. No, not Netflix. It's Amazon. It's too weird for Netflix. <laughs> so, well, then there's some seedier parts of Netflix if you know the the special code to type in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So I'm gonna say um, it's not for everybody. If you like any of uh, Darren Aronofsky's movies, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well. Hit, hit or miss. Yeah, hit or miss. So, like, the fountain was pretty good, but if you like Requiem for if you like Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that, this movie may be good. Or you like Pie or I like Requiem for a Dream, and I feel like he did Black Swan. Yeah, yeah he did, but Black Swan that that's a movie that everybody likes. Yeah, you know, or at least I, I like one it. scene. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So uh, it's a mixed review. Just just be aware. Uh, very peculiar taste if you watch it. Oh, yeah, I think. Yeah. They should know by now anything. <laughs> yeah, but so you have to have a very strong movie mojo with Bo in order to. It's what? called cinemalarity. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so for me, the season finale of The Walking Dead, which I am one of the very few people still I watching so. that show, just uh, just happened. And the season finale itself was uh, subdued, but the season itself was fantastic. And the episode they did the the main action part of the season uh in the previous like the the penultimate episode and uh it's going strong like the show really changed direction the new villain is really good um walking dead man like people are missing out but not but not watching it anymore i don't know but the i uh, think i sent you this netflix has its own version of the walking dead coming out called black summer you had me at black <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually coming uh april 11th called black summer it's a new series uh, it's got, uh, I believe, Josh Hart- Hartnett in it. I like uh, him. Lucky Jay- number Jamie King, which I'm a fan of. She was in Sin City. Okay. Blonde girl. Um, so anyway, so it's and, zombies and people and it, surviving and then the struggles that go along with it. So it All looks, Netflix has to do for that type of thing is just yeah. make it sufficiently diverse and then I'll give it a shot. And, and I think they did. The cover's got a black guy in it. That's, and that, that's exactly like they know they needed to put a black dude on the cover. They did. Now watch it. There you go, man. So let's <laughs> check this out. It's like a you got white guy, girl. Uh, it's probably an Asian guy in there somewhere. The zombie and a black guy. There's actually an Asian girl in there. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Yeah, so I'm sold. They've Asian. got the data. They know Wait, what to do. Is that like Left 4 Dead? Isn't that the characters in Left 4 Dead, the video game? Uh, you'd have to tell me. All right, so um, the Joker trailer just uh, came out. Uh, Woohoo! So good. Uh, is I, that really good? I, I have been on the fence about this Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I, when they the makeup came out, I don't like the way he looks. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been on the fence about this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie from the start. One, the Joker is like my, one of my favorite characters yep. in all of pop yep. culture, and uh, <laughs> I don't like the way the makeup looks. Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor, but I don't know that he's a good fit for this, and I don't like the aesthetic of it. So. No, man, I think just like you said when we were talking about this, Joaquin Phoenix is going to act the shit out of this thing, mm-hmm. and he's going to pull it off. He's going to pull it off. I mean, Heath Ledger was fantastic. I was I didn't like Heath Ledger. As the Joker until I saw Heath Ledger as the Joker, and then I was like, "That's amazing! Nobody else could have done that." Yeah, exactly. So. And maybe I'm in the minority here, but I actually didn't mind, or I actually like up, upwards of like what Jared uh, uh, Leto did Ooh. with the Joker too. Ooh, I hot take. Was, <laughs> I thought it was fine. I thought it was good, and so so we'll see what uh, Walking Phoenix can bring to this role too. But from what I saw from the trailer, it's gonna be. How can you make the Joker relatable so the audience isn't just disgusted by the character? And Counter- that's going to be a challenge right there. Counterpoint, 
should you make a psychopath relatable? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's a good thing. I thought part of the Joker's appeal was he was just kind of this person that just kind of showed up. He was kind of mysterious. He has like no origin. Essentially, right. right? Th- that that is part of the appeal of the Joker. That is um, part of the origin of the Joker. So this, I don't know. That's the appeal. But but the way to take all, right. all of these DC movies to a degree, and just like the DC comic books is, there's just tons of variations on each of these characters. Marvel has a very good job of keeping it a very consistent storyline. Everybody's interwoven together, and it's a it's one solid universe. Whereas in the DC side, there's like a thousand interpretations of Batman, a thousand interpretations of the origin of the Joker, and so forth. I think that's the beauty of it, where you can have your fun with the the various what if scenarios. So this movie is just gonna be another what if scenario of here's one potential origin story of the Joker. So yeah. hey, hey Johnny, say uh say Joaquin Phoenix. Uh Joaquin Phoenix. Say uh Walking Dead. Walking Dead. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do that purposely because I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm like Oh it's joking. <laughs> Joquin. It's Joquin Joker. <laughs> oh I did see that uh, apparently the Joker's name in the movie is going to be um like a uh, Albert Fleck. Mm-hmm. Which is like a Affleck, <laughs> <laughs> a little troll on Ben Affleck. <laughs> all right, uh, that's all I'm, I'm talking about. Come on, no, 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 no. We got to talk about the biggest news that's coming out soon. Yeah, what you got? You have her in the notes, man. <laughs> How are we going to prepare for Game of Thrones? I'm. I. I don't know. Like I'm. I'm trying to debate it. I, I, part of me wants to go from season one to season all the way through, but, but I, you literally have like nine days. Yeah. So. The only way I could do it is uh, one of my one of my favorite podcasts, Black Guy Tips. He has been doing Game of Thrones recaps since maybe season three, and I could probably just blast through those at like double speed, like I do. And this is why I talk so fast mm-hmm. and and get ready for for that. Or there's like the YouTube. A friend of mine uh, sent me like one of these uh, season one Game of Thrones summary things yeah. in, like, in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So like push comes to shove, I watch a bunch of those. Even though I remember and I've read the books, so yeah. like I remember. Oh wow, yeah most of the stuff but i feel like they're going to be like and then here is john bargarin (laughs) dengarian from season one episode four and he's back (laughs) i'm like oh okay (laughs) yeah yeah you do anything special for this uh so i'm looking at amazon and there's some john snow outfits um (laughs) for about 120 to 30 to 330 so i don't know which one i'd probably get so, so. for Johnston, why not a uh, not Hodor? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just wear a burlap sack or Daenerys. Yeah, or I could be Daenerys, yeah. <laughs> if I show up in a two piece or something, like that. I, I, actually, you could be Cal Drogo too. Yeah, you I'd be, be, I'd be, be fat Cal. Drogo. Let's, let's see. <laughs> he, he didn't get ripped till after he wasn't Cal anymore. Yeah. All right, yeah. So Johnny, you getting ready for, for uh, Game of Thrones? Oh uh, yeah, I've been rewatching episodes, rewatching some highlights. And what everything. did you rewatch though? Just like particular episodes or a, a whole season? You start uh, at the beginning, the end. What? Like, what are you doing? I've watched uh, most of season eight over again. Okay. Uh, twice. Between between the That's last a bit much, <laughs> but between when it ended and now, I've definitely watched the whole season through. And more more recently, I've cut scenes from like the favorite stuff I wanted to see. Oh wow! So like the first time. Um, Arya and Sansa reconnected the first time Sansa and Jon Snow are reconnected usually the first encounters because it's been so long uh, Jon Snow and Theon Greyjoy connect who? Reek his name is Reek <laughs> it will always be Reek please but Reek call that man out his name like that that's disrespectful Johnny <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so super excited for that and of course I've 
pre-bought my ticket for Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. So it's going to be an action-packed uh, end of April here, man. So you and the rest of the country all got their tickets for that. The, uh, the servers were shutting down. They said it yeah, broke the, the record in six hours or something like broke that. Broke the internet, man. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Who's your favorite Avenger in the Marvel Universe, Johnny? Oh, definitely Hawkeye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He's happy. He's going to be along for the ride. <laughs> Um, so you're talking in the movies, right? Yeah, in the movies. Thor, I think I think Thor is a quick one that jumps out for me. I've always enjoyed the Thor movies, and I enjoy them in the yeah. Okay, Bo, who's your favorite um, Avenger movie? Avenger? Oh man! Uh, so unfortunately, Hulk. You're wearing a green Hulk, shirt. Uh, Hulk is Hulk is fine. Uh, probably Captain America. I mean, I've always been a Captain America fan. Always? Yeah. Oh, I always mm-hmm. thought Captain America was really cheesy, and then. I think they did such a good job with the movies that he's one of my favorite characters for a guy that I've never really liked that much. Yeah, Big A on your hat, like those boots, like what the hell? But he looks so cool in the movies. Like, yeah. yeah. So Captain America is my favorite too. Yeah. Like the true patriot that I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So I, I think that's another great episode of the Junto Show. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it very much. Oh, I, I do want to say, oh, actually, oh. I think my favorite is Thanos, but... You know, oh yeah, that's true. But I, I like villains. That's true. So, they really yeah. did do a good job with Thanos. Like yeah. all things considered, uh, all right. So especially for them get, having got such a reputation for having bad villains in the Marvel movies to like knock it out the park with Thanos, who's kind of a weird. Anyway, so <laughs> don't, don't get me started on nerd stuff. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, please leave us a five star review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on to this to. Send it to your friends if you would do so. They'll like it. You like it. You like each other. I don't see why it wouldn't work makes sense to me so until next time <laughs> uh so we please check us out at the patreon.com slash junto show and uh signing off i'm lance i'm john and i'm Bo. see you next time bye <laughs> <laughs>